Hey, what is up? You are listening to the All Pacers Pod, a podcast for Pacers fans, by Pacers fans. I'm your host, Jack, and today I'm joined by French hip-hop artist and producer, Onra, to talk about his career and how he became a Pacer fan all the way in Europe. Plus, with Onra's help in this episode, we're fixing the Pacers and getting this team going in the right direction moving forward. Hopefully that's tanking. We'll see how that goes. But we're going to get into all of that and more right after this. So today I'm joined by Onra, who is in Paris, France right now, right? Yes, sir. You're a huge Pacers fan, found out. We've been talking Pacers a lot um, the past couple days, and I'm so stoked that you're here talking Pacers with me today. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, man. My pleasure. So I want to introduce who you are first to everyone listening at home. Um, Just get to know you a little bit, too. I'd love to get to know you a little bit. Oh, and then once we do that, then I'd love to talk Pacers. I know you have like this grand master plan to fix the Pacers. I don't know if you do. Actually, I'm making this up. But <laughs> I, I for, based on the knowledge that you have on the Pacers that I've learned so far, I'm guessing you have a pretty good grasp on what it takes to turn this team around. And I'm so stoked to talk to you about it. But let's let's talk about who you are first, kind of like where you're at in life. And um, then we'll move on to that stuff. But you're a music producer. And I actually went through i listened to a ton of your music it's so unique i really haven't i i don't know if i just don't have like a wide range of music that i listen to or not or something but i've never heard anything like your music i i don't know what was different about the way you saw music and what inspired you throughout that uh journey what has inspired you along the way what first got you interested into music um i'd love to hear about that so it started at around 10 years old uh, I don't remember. I don't really remember listening to music before that. Uh, but I, from from ten years old, I fell in love with um, hip hop music. So, but anything that was hip hop music. So, you know, in Europe, uh, that was in the early '90s. We were just, uh, you know, hip hop was um, on on TV uh, more and more, and maybe on the radio, commercial stuff, you know. And so I just fell in love with it and just anything, anything hip hop uh, was, uh, I was just into it. And this, uh, this how my, my passion really started. I think my uh, passion for hip hop music, uh, which opened, opened me up to other genres uh, much later on uh, in the 2000 when I started collecting records and uh, having a budget to buy CDs and stuff. And inter- internet as well came uh, came around the same time. So uh, around 2000, uh, my knowledge in music started expanding. I started making music uh, around the same time. Uh, I bought my first piece of equipment, uh, which is a uh, Akai MPC with, uh, for the for the people who know. And um, and I just uh, just started making music for for fun and passion. And started releasing um, albums on CDs at that time, and it went pretty well. Uh, it was completely unexpected, and I started um, I started touring, 
and he got he kind of picked up on myspace at that time and uh you know i just uh i just kept on making music and here i am today i have uh almost uh you know I would say 10, 10 different albums, uh, many different genres, uh, toured the world many, many times. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been to Indiana a few times, uh, once, only once for a show, but a few times just, just to watch the, the team play. Amazing. So you said hip hop was one of your first inspiration or first, I guess, entrances into music, um, early 90s. Who's, who's your man? Cause I'm loving the old school hip hop right now. Who is like your Mount Rushmore of hip hop artists from, I guess, early two thousands or I guess nineties to early two thousands. Well, since I'm a producer, I'm just going to give you my uh, top five, maybe producers from that time. So I would say number one is JD, AKA J Diller from the band Slum Village. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you, uh, yeah. if you heard about him. Yeah. So J Diller, number one, number two, Pete Rock. Uh, I don't know if you know about Pete Rock. He's mm -hmm. a he's a legend as well, big big legend. Um, DJ Premier from Gangstar. Uh, I'd say just yeah, I mean there's so 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 many other other names, but the the, the Mount Rushmore would, would be this top three. You know about Madlib? Maybe, no. but no, I'm gonna say no. He's another. He's another great one. If uh, if you like this, the the type of music that I make, you, I suggest you uh, go listen to these guys. They they are my my idols. You know, they inspired me a lot. And without them, I wouldn't be where I am today for sure. I realized uh, Jay Dilla, um, uh, where he was he was from Detroit, but he. He was uh, he was he was wearing Pacers hats a few times, so I have a few photos of of him wearing a Pacers hat, which I thought was was funny because you know he's from Detroit. Yeah, uh, and you know, I mean, especially uh, with, yeah, with uh, the you know everything that happened <laughs> in the past. Uh, I was I always thought that was funny. Like, whoa, man, you you're from Detroit. You represent Detroit really to the core and you were wearing a Pacers hat a few times, a few different Pacers hats. So <laughs> definitely doesn't add up where I, I, I'm so curious how someone from France became a Pacers fan. And I don't know if it had to do with that experience seeing um, the no. Pacers ball cap, but okay. So did you grow up playing basketball before we get into the Pacers? I started, uh, when I started listening to hip hop, when I was 10 years old, I started playing basketball at the same time. And these two, these two passions never, never left me. I'm, I'm still, uh, I'm still playing basketball in the league. Uh, you know, I'm still making music, listening to music every day. So, um, I feel like my, my two passions never, never left me. And how, how did I start with the, with this whole, Pacers thing because you know when I travel the states and I, and I mentioned I'm into NBA and they say they ask me who do you you know who's your team and I say the Pacers I always get these weird looks like huh Pacers yeah 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 man Pacers Pacers for life actually but uh, it started because it simply started because uh, as every kid in the early 90s I was a fan of uh, Michael Jordan and the Bulls you know, 91, 92, 93, obviously everybody was uh, 
uh, you know, fan of uh, MJ. And when he first retired after after his first three peat, I was so mad at him. I was so disappointed. Like, how can you retire when you you at the top of your career? You just won three times. You know, I was a kid back then, so obviously I have no no empathy. So, but I I've never digested that. And to me, after this, Jordan was like, it's over. I'm not ever gonna rock his shit again. No more buying brand, uh, you know, Air Jordans or whatever. I'm done. And um, so, you know, that was the season '93, '94. I'm 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 here. I have to find a new my new my new team or my you know my new guys. And since I'm a, uh, I've always been a big uh, a three point shooting fan because I'm I myself I'm I'm so to say, pretty, pretty good at the three-point shooting. Yeah. Um, uh, then, you know, the choice was, was kind of obvious, uh, in, you know, at that time, 93, 94, that's what really when the, uh, I think, Reggie Miller's legend uh, really started. And, uh, and that's it. That actually makes sense. It adds up. When you told me you were a fan, you started in 93, 94, before this podcast, I couldn't figure out why you'd be a Pacers fan then. And I, I don't know why I didn't think, obviously, like if you, I don't know if you watched the last dance that just came out, the Michael Jordan documentary. Yeah, yeah. So he says one of his biggest challenges was the Pacers. And it makes sense. It was around that time. Obviously, Reggie Miller was the best three point shooter. It adds up. And it's really cool how a team that, you know, doesn't get a lot of love in the media can have these opportunities because I've even talked to people who are fans of the Pacers because of the Paul George led teams and they gave LeBron I mean two real challenges in the playoffs obviously didn't work out for the Pacers at the end in the end but it's international fans now of the Pacers are seeing the Pacers in these big spotlights and becoming fans and creating real fans and I don't know if that's a European thing, big time, where like if you're a fan of a team, you stick with that team through thick and thin. I I think it comes from uh, you see this thing from uh, like in in football, you know, like they they only support this one team forever. Who no, no matter who who's playing for the team is team first, and you see you see this in football a lot uh, in Europe, but yeah, no, every, everybody around me they just follow. Like they have the they have this one guy at the moment. Like let's say I like whatever James Harden, so they're gonna like wherever James Harden's playing. Most people are like this, I think. You don't you don't see that many like team team guys, you know, um, unless unless they're from Indiana, for example, or yeah. some random some random guy in China. Uh, I think the Pacers are big in Philipp- in the Philippines as well for some reasons but you know um yeah yeah so i mean when the nba was going to india to play basketball they do a couple preseason games there they would send the pacers and i don't know if it's because indiana is spelled with india to start but i know mm-hmm. there's some fans in india as well uh-huh. but i mean all the i mean whenever there's a real pacers fan someone who's like followed them from i mean even the paul george era but obviously from when you started following them, it's crazy that you've stuck through with the Pacers this whole time. And I respect that yes. big time, especially as someone from Indiana where, you know, like you get 
you've experienced some of the highs. You haven't like reached the crest of the mountain in the NBA to stick with your team through the worst times, which we're experiencing right now. And to make it out to the other side, like going through that journey, man, like I respect that big time. And like, even my, of course, but I mean, how there was no other way for me. Cause I, my guy is Reggie. Yeah. Reggie has done his whole career dedicated to that team. He's not even from Indiana. Yeah. He's from, he's a Californian guy, you know, born and raised and he's back in now living in, in Cali, but Indiana really became his second home and he dedicated his whole career when obviously he could have like much bigger opportunities. You know, they could, he could have played for like other big trees at that time, change, change franchise, you know, like many other people do, especially late in his career. Uh, you know, he never did that. So to me, that 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 loyalty also comes from from him yeah and that's what hurts now too when our superstars went out when oladipo wanted out after two years when paul george wanted out after seven i was really disappointed about these rumors i'm not sure how accurate they are but if he indeed was talking to other players about you know joining forces next season I would be, I mean, I've been really disappointed to to hear this, obviously, uh, especially since, uh, like we said, uh, Oladipo was, he's not from Indiana, but he played college for Indiana. So he was, he was kind of from here. And, you know, he's, he, you, know, you remember his thing with, this is my city, you know, like, so, so uh, you know, I really wanted to believe like, okay, this, we, we have this new star. He really feels like he belongs here, you know, and, but yeah. Another yeah. um, deception. It was it was tough. I think he's very Hollywood too. I mean, he one of his big goals is to make music. Um, so I I always saw him move into a big market. I hope it works out for him. I think I've made my peace with him too in my head now. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah. Me too. Because um, even with that Paul George thing, you know, because we 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 won every trade. We won the PG trade. We won the Oladipo trade, even though Levert is not playing as as well as we we thought. But we, you know, Oladipo is still out, completely out, yeah. not playing. You know, and Levert is under a good contract, so I think we, you know, I'm 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 fine with it as well. Levert's playing, and he's a trade asset. We for sure won the trade, because Oladipo is neither of those things right now, unfortunately. But Jarrett Allen was in that deal too to Cleveland. That would have been nice. But I don't think we need another center either, which we're going to talk about too when we get to trades more. So you play basketball. You said you're a three-point shooter. What NBA player do you compare yourself to? Uh, that's funny because uh, it happens a lot when I'm watching a, a game and I see I see part of part of someone else's game in my game. But you know, I'm no, I'm no like crazy good player, obviously. But you know, well, I, I see some maybe some similarities. But I would say, I would say Malcolm Brogdon. Oh, okay. You know, I'm not, I'm not jumping very high. I'm pretty, you know. Uh, but my, um, yeah, he's he's a good shooter. You know, he can shoot threes. Is he can he can score inside. And he's uh he's pretty good at uh, free throw free throw shooting as well, uh, okay defender yeah you know yeah. not and super like not flashy so maybe Malcolm Brogdon with a little bit 
a little bit more IQ in the in the assist game, you know, because he's not love it. pure. He's not a pure point guard. I, I was more. He's more of a shooting guard, shooting guard point guard. I'm more of a point guard shooting guard. Man, I'm sick of those combo guards in Indiana. I just want a pure point guard. Like we had George Hill, who was a, sh- a combo guard. Brogdon's that combo guard. Yeah. Yeah, we, we need that assist mentality. When people ask me who I play like, I always say Dion Waiters because I have that. <laughs> anytime I step on a court, I feel like I'm the best player on the court. I'll go games. Yeah, I'll go games with like where I shoot 0 for 10. Yeah, that's fine. But man, <laughs> okay. maybe every, once every five games, I'll go 9 for 10. And I'm going to let every single person on the court know how good I am. So uh, can't play defense. And just give myself the green light no matter what. So if anyone asks, I always say Dion Waiters, but I'm kind of moving into that. You know, I'm in fatherhood now. I'm almost moving into that uh, Boris Diaw stage <laughs> in yeah, my career. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like maybe stick my butt out, bump someone around, maybe start developing that post game. Also can't play defense. So I feel like I'm moving into that realm. You know, he shot a lot. He was more consistent from his shot so I don't know if there's some kind of Dion Waiters Boris Diaw hybrid but if there is I'm sure it'd be Jack I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure so anyway well I look if Brogdon gets traded in the offseason because I don't think he can get traded anytime soon maybe, yeah, he, maybe we he maybe can't we, be traded pretty much I, I don't think he can be traded until yeah he can't be traded this season it's six months after he signed his deal. So I don't know when six months would be. I guess that come close to trade deadline. Yeah, it'll probably, you're probably right. I don't think he can be traded. I, I should know this, but yeah, I we'll see if there's a trade in the off season. I love um, when he drives to the basket. He's so strong. You wouldn't know it, but I mean, him just being able to like finish over anybody at the basket is wild to me. And I wish we got to see that more from him. Um, but, you know, he's asked to do different things on this team because he has to. So I feel like we know you a little bit better now. And I hope everyone knows how big of a Pacers fan you are now, too, um, just from talking to you. But um, before we fix the Pacers, I, I got to know, I know you've mentioned there's some fans out there. Are there any other Pacer fans around you or is it just you? Uh, actually, I, I just got one, uh, one of my best friends. That's That's how we met. We uh, we were at school, and it was the beginning of the year, and we just like you know in circle, just uh, you know between class, just talking and trying to you know get to know each other. And I see like a little yellow and gold thing under his you know under his thing because it was like well you know winter time, and I ask him, hey, is is that a Pacers jersey you're wearing under under your your, your sweater? Is it, and then he pulls he pulls it out obviously, and and I see uh, Reggie Miller's jersey. I was like, no shit, I'm big, you know, I'm you know, la, la, la. and that's how we became uh, that's how we became friend, and I'm still in touch with this guy. But he um, unfortunately he's a he's a very passionate fan, but he can't stand medio- mediocrity mediocrity. So uh, he, he kind of gave up on the team this season. This season, he asked me, like, don't tell me about the team. Don't tell me about uh, trade rumors. Don't tell me who's in, who's out, who's got COVID. I don't want to know anything about our team. Like, he's, he's done with us. 
Amazing. He, he wants he wants us to tank big time. He wants he wants to tank. Yeah. He wants to go get a you know like a superstar. There are other NBA fans around you though, other than this other guy. than other than my guy. No, really. That's the only. That's the yeah. What about Euro Euro basketball? Does anyone follow that? I don't follow Euro basketball. Okay. <laughs> Let's move into Pacers now fully. Mm-hmm. I want to hear about your favorite memories as a fan since you started being a fan. You can give one. Uh, if you want, or just if you have multiple, I'd love to hear them. It hasn't happened yet. It, it will be when when we get the ring, when we finally get this ring. You know, that's that's all I have in mind, and I'm not. I won't be. I won't take anything until until you get the ring. Okay. Well, then, how about can you give me your all-time Pacers starting five? <sighs> I know I I I love just throwing this at people when I talk to them. So I'm assuming let's Reggie, right? Yeah, Reggie, uh, at shooting guard, uh, point guard. I get. I, I love Brogdon, so let's get Brogdon point guard over Reggie too. Over who? Over Mark Jackson. Oh shit! I fo- yeah, no, no, Mark Jackson. I was like, I was like Teensley, no, G- TJ Ford, no, George Hill, <laughs> no. You know, yeah, yeah, of course, Mark Jackson, no, forget. If you play like Brogdon, he there's a good reason for him to be in your starting lineup, right? Yeah, but Mark Jackson is also one of my favorite players of of all time, so he 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 should definitely be in there. He's he's that pure point guard too. Yeah, he's he's so great. So Mark Jackson, Reggie, uh, three, uh, Jalen Rose. Nice. Hey, no. No, I love Jalen Rose. People forget how good he was in Indiana. He, I mean, he you know, almost carried carried us out. And Dale Davis, one of my favorite players as well. Uh, I, I would love to have uh, a player, um, a, a power forward that plays more like Dale Davis. Even though he can't shoot threes, but I would like to have a you know a rebounding and def- defensive specialist who doesn't need the ball who doesn't need to shoot, you know, but he comes in and plays hard. And, you know, I think that's what Indiana is about as well. Not, don't really care about the stats that much, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and, and center, uh, I guess Sabonis, you know. I, I, okay. Uh, I probably, probably forgot like tons of people. Uh, yeah. German O'Neill. <sighs> yeah. yeah. I can throw out a few names if you want to. Yes. PG. So, okay. I forgot, I forgot PG. Yeah, you forgot PG. I never include him on my all-time five. Yeah, but that's just because I'm a I'm a bitter fan. Uh, real quick, Dale Davis's kid, Trace Jackson Davis, is on the Hoosiers right now. Indiana University. Uh, he's our he's the best player by far, and he's killing it, man. Wow, what position he plays? He's a power forward. Oh he's, wow! So college power forward. I don't know if he would transition because he's six eight. I don't know if he's like a, a swing. I don't know. It's like when Draymond Green came out of college, which I hated him in college because I'm an Indiana fan. But he uh, was 6'7", or is 6'7". And my thought when players like that size comes out of the league or comes into the league, I'm like, they're not going to make it. They're too like too much of a tweener. So in my head, I don't know what Trace Jackson could be. Um, but maybe that three or four. He just probably needs to add some weight if he's going to be a four. I don't really follow uh, college basketball until yeah. draft night, you know. Which is fine. I mean, totally understandable. But it's his kid. So, I mean, there there's a name on your radar now. 
Yeah, he's a junior, so we'll see if he makes it into the league this year or what, but I believe. Um, you left off Jermaine O'Neal, you said. Um, Rick Smits. Yeah, I love Rick Smits, but, you know, Sabonis. Is... Love it. I guess he, I mean, Sabonis is a two-time All-Star. That means something. If we take, if we consider, like, all-time, you know, we have to include uh, George. Uh... McGinnis, yeah. Oh, McGinnis, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt. I I never saw him play, so I I have a weird feeling about that too. Yeah. So he, on on paper, he looks like he he was that guy. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. Uh, what about Danny Granger? Yeah, Danny. I I never really liked his style of of play. Uh, I hated this. This was my my most difficult seasons to to follow uh, Indiana basketball. That's when yeah, I didn't even like our our leader. The, the yeah. energy, what you know, nothing was, yeah, it was was pretty bad. You didn't love uh, Troy Murphy being the centerpiece of the offense, or Mike Dunleavy. <laughs> if you if you if you look at him now, like if Trey Murphy was was playing now, he he would be flourishing. Oh no doubt. Yeah, I think he had 19 points per game one year. Like 13 rebounds or some crazy. Like he was super talented. Yeah, I think underrated. Yeah, no doubt underrated. I it didn't make me love that era though. I'll tell you that. Yeah, with Dunleavy and stuff. Oh my god. Jeff Foster riding on the bench. Okay, let's move into fixing this Pacers team because I don't know if if you're listening right now, I don't know if you're keeping up with the Pacers, but they need some fixing. And we're here to do that. Or at least play a part in that. And do we have all the answers? Maybe. Hopefully Chad Buchanan and Kevin Pritchard are listening because we're here, man. K KP's probably listening for sure. You think? I think he's. Uh, I think or he's getting someone to listen and to give him like a you know a complete feedback because some 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 ideas might pop up, some genius ideas might pop up, and we, you know, of course we're not like professionals uh, working for the for the Pacers or anything like that, but. That doesn't mean what what we know. Or our ideas are not as good as just anyone uh, anyone else. Yeah, and real like before, I totally agree with that. I just want to say we're not working for the Pacers right now, yet. This could lead to something. Who knows? Maybe maybe in a year or two, we're the general managers of the Pacers. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, man. <laughs> I, I keep my fingers crossed. Please. <laughs> So you actually sent me the Rick Carlisle news yesterday, but Carlisle has tested positive for COVID following the Knicks game. And that is just adding to the list of things that have gone wrong with the Pacers. Obviously, we hope nothing but the best for Carlisle. Hopefully he can recover quickly too and um, we can see him back and healthy um, soon. But Carlisle's out um, for the time being. Looks like we have Lloyd Pierce taking over head coaching duties. Um, yeah, let's see what uh, let's see what he does. It, it could be uh, it could be the change that, that some players needed. Maybe even though he's probably just going to do the exact same thing that Carla was doing, but so I don't think there will be a much uh, a bigger much bigger difference. But since we are you know since our last win, our last game against uh, New York, maybe we can. <clears throat> benefit from that from that energy and trying to rebound to something fresh with a you know the new coach for for just a few games that could lead to uh 
I don't know, some something positive anyway. We have a lot of injuries always, you know, one of which is TJ McConnell, who is getting wrist surgery, I believe, today um, and should be out for the season, if I had if I had to guess. And so now he's out. He's going to be out of the rotation for um, a while now, which you would think Brad Wanamaker is going to move in. And we saw that against the Knicks. Brad Wanamaker is my least favorite player on the Pacers right now. He has uh, no disrespect, but he has he has nothing to do uh, on on uh, on any team's uh, rost- roster. You know, he's a uh, you know, I guess serviceable, good serviceable role player uh, a few years ago, but he's he's just uh, he, I don't think he can keep up. Yeah, no, and th- our other answer at that backup point guard position is pretty unclear at this point too. I mean, we have our two-way guys in Dwayne Washington and DeJon Giroux. I don't know how good they are and like if they could crack that rotation anytime soon. But for now, it looks like it's Brad Wanamaker unless we bring someone back. I guess Keelan Martin um, could fill in at times too, but I wouldn't call him a point guard by any means. Maybe Duarte? And yeah, which is leading me to Chris Duarte. He just did uh, six assists. I think that's that's his best of the season against uh, the Knicks. Maybe he could, uh, you know, tra- transition for as a as a point guard for the, the the bench. So he's 24 right now, which is old for a rookie. And like, you know, when you see that, you're like, well, he's already who he is. Whatever. He's not going to grow much more than this. Which is crazy to say because, I mean, he's he still hasn't entered his peak. But I just found out he was only in college for two years. So got two years worth of reps and is still learning the game of basketball in a lot of ways, too. And, like, he's 24. Yeah, that's still young, though. And, I mean, could we see him transition into, like, this creating guard who plays staunch defense and can lead your team any given night? Yeah, I think we can. And... Yeah, like if he keeps getting these reps, which TJ McConnell being out, and hopefully he's still going to be a long-term piece for the Pacers, McConnell, because I love that guy. But Yeah, me too. Yeah, and Duarte is just going to keep getting reps in this situation. I could see his minutes moving up. I think he's a starter, but the Pacers just don't know how to play him in the starting lineup every night. He's a starter. I'm just yeah. concerned by the, the lack of uh, second point guard because TJ McConnell is, is going to be out uh, for a few months. And I, I'm just trying to find someone in the roster who who could help with the point guard duties because Brogdon is not going to play 48 minutes, and there's no way I won't I won't let Wanamaker uh, lead the first, second, or third unit. You know, so I mean, it could mean that there's going to be a trade coming where we get a point guard. Um, I haven't heard any you know, real rumors about a specific point guard we could get. When and when I, I when I first heard about this this uh, Ben Simmons rumor uh during during the summer. Remember there was uh, I think beginning of the season there was this trade talk like uh Ben Simmons traded to a Pacers for Brogdon, Levert and Warren or like some some draft picks or whatever. Yeah. Some insane an insane uh deal that we didn't make. But now, I'm kind of, kind of regretting it <laughs> because 
you know, of course, Ben Simmons is not going to be the, the, the answer to all our problems, but I think he could really help a lot on, on, uh, on many levels, even though he doesn't shoot three-pointers, but we can have other people do that. But um, I, when I look at it, you know, he, he would be, you know, I would love to see Ben Simmons play with uh, Sabonis, for example. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, there's not a lot of shooting there unfortunately but uh and i don't know how that trade would you know add shooters to our lineup maybe like i can't imagine they give us anything else other than uh simmons you know we, we can get like for example someone like nyang george nyang that we yeah. first drafted many years ago yep um you know he's a three-point specialist and they have a few they have Seth curry they have nyang they have Korkmaz. the i think he's from turkey He's also a great uh, three-point shooter. So, you know, they, they got pieces that, would, that could be, you know, that could make it work. If we get Korkmaz or, uh, and Simmons or uh, Niang and Simmons, because they're high-volume three-point shooters, you know, it, they, you, it could work. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they have Seth Curry there, who I can't imagine they'd part with. No obviously but yeah. these two guys that i'm talking about are on the bench they it's two two guys of basically the same same profile you know uh, yeah just strictly three-point shooters it would be fun to see niang back in indiana nothing like we're, we're not gonna like have a parade in indiana if he's back or anything but yeah <laughs> let's let's talk about guys that we would love to see in indiana maybe that could be the answer for this team um because According to rumors, it looks like we're going to probably, or at least we're, we're shopping at the very least, Karis LeVert, Sabonis, Miles Turner. I would imagine Jeremy Lamb's being shopped as well, just from all the rumors we've been hearing in the past. And I would guess the Pacers are trying to do everything they can to move Goga Batadze as well. Um, just a hunch. And I think we're going to see a big shakeup in this team. And where I mean I don't know what this team's going to look like in three months because it could be drastically different but I wanted to talk about some guys that we think we should target just as fans from the outside looking in and uh we can talk about if there's a way that we could get them I know you have trade machine pulled up um I do as well we're going to try to figure out ways to help this team and hopefully we can figure something out because this team needs help you know and I don't know how long we've been telling ourselves that this roster has hope and it maybe it does we've seen flashes we saw flashes against the Knicks the other night um who I mean Sabonis came in played a stellar game an all-star level game made Julius Randle look like he wasn't an all-star but we came into New York and beat New York handily and looked really good so obviously there's flashes who knows like maybe if there's a couple more games like this We'll just keep the same roster. I don't know. I like. I don't know what the potential with this team is, or like where the peak could be, other than like maybe a fifth seed in the East, and that's not getting us anywhere. Like we don't have that Reggie Miller, Jalen Rose, Rick Smiths, Dale Davis, Antonio Davis. I mean, there's so many guys on that team. Mark Jackson. We don't have that type of team where we're going to make it to the finals potentially and have a real chance to win. Unfortunately, that team met Shaq and Kobe in the finals, but and we also don't have the 2014. Pacers team with you know Paul George David West Roy Hibbert um, and 
like we don't have that level of talent or at least the talent in the east is so strong right now where I don't think I see this team competing okay so I have a couple trades here I didn't include Jarrett Culver on my wish list he's been on my wish list for I guess since he entered the league I thought he was going to be really good and it just hasn't worked out for him unfortunately but I love Jarrett Culver and one of the like so he's on this or he's in this deal which means the Grizzlies are included I don't know if he can be traded either anytime soon since I think he was just acquired but um, Brandon Clark is someone who I've had my eyes on for a while I really like his potential he's kind of buried beneath that Grizzlies team right now that has Jaron Jackson healthy at the moment and um, Brandon Clark someone who I I could see getting into Indiana having a defined role and um, one that's shaped around him because he's young and we'd want to invest in him I could see him you know really flipping the switch and becoming a player that we haven't seen him be yet so we have pacers grizzlies sorry before before you go i'm just letting you know i i don't like brandon Clark. oh <laughs> but go ahead go ahead all right so i'm gonna i'm guessing you're gonna reject this one then but let's let's go through this so this is a three-teamer okay pacers grizzlies and bulls bulls are just giving players pretty much away, but trying to get Kyle Anderson because they're going to shore up their depth right now. Someone who's a high IQ player um, and is going to make the Bulls better. And the Bulls think they can win it all this year. So you're going to get Kyle Anderson, who's not a bad player at all. Maybe he's, he's, a, maybe, good fit. he's a good fit to the Bulls. Yeah, he's just not flashy. So you kind of miss on all the good stuff that he does. But I think the league is... Um, I think the league knows. So the Bulls get Kyle Anderson in this. We're going to send Demonis Sabonis and Keelan Martin to the Grizzlies. I'll drive Keelan Martin to the airport myself. I'll be bummed about Sabonis. I'm fine. I'm fine sending Keelan Martin away. I've been on the record saying like, I, well, okay. I've seen his flashes this year, whatever. I've been on the record saying he's one of my least favorite Pacers. So I'll drive him to the airport with Sabonis. Um, they're going to Memphis. And then the Pacers will receive Derek Jones Jr. from Chicago. Uh, Portland's first round pick in 2022, which is looking like we may not actually get the steal done because Portland's looking bad. But we'll also get Jarrett Culver and Brandon Clark from the Grizzlies. And then they're going to send us a couple of first round picks too. They can lottery protect one of them if they want. But I'm thinking 2022 first round pick from Memphis, which they can lottery protect out all they want. And then they'll also send us their Lakers first round pick in 22. And if we're really good at negotiating, which I'm hoping we are, we'll also take that Utah first round pick in 2022 from the Grizzlies. So we walk away from this. These picks are super late. These picks are top 15, 25 type of picks. You know, these draft picks, you know, there's no, there's absolutely no guarantee that you're going to get anything out of, out of these. Look at what we did with uh, our past previous picks, you know, Bitadze. TJ Leaf. TJ Leaf. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So the picks are okay. Like that's a shot in the dark as far as I'm concerned. But um, I like Brandon Clark. This is more of a Brandon Clark, Jarrett Culver deal. Yeah. And then Derek Jones mm -hmm. Jr. might sell some tickets. Um, just from how high he jumps, 
you might put someone on a poster any given night. I don't yeah, know yeah. if he'll sell tickets. I know you have the idea of getting Lance Stevenson in to Indiana. Yes. KP, if you're listening, you have to you have to hire Lance right now. We had a source tell us this year that the Pacers um, were going to sign Lance Stevenson and Wes Matthews, and it never happened. I don't know. So we're, we're probably not going to listen to that source in the same way in the future. But uh, at least the Pacers were circling Lance Stevenson and Wes Matthews as far as I'm aware. So who knows, man? Maybe they're doing their due diligence on Lance Stevenson and could be ready to bring him in here soon for the third time. Yeah, that would be that would be great. Let's move on down my wish list. I maybe not down. Cam Reddish is someone who's probably top of my wish list. He's someone who, from what I'm um, under the impression of, doesn't fit the timeline with this Hawks team, especially contract wise. He's going to be set for a. Um, contract extension here soon the Hawks don't have the money I think they want to move him for somebody who fits the Trey Young John Collins Clint Capella timeline I guess even Kevin Herter and Bogdan Bogdanovich like they have a nice team but why, why do you think uh, Reddish is not fitting the their their timeline he's he's not the same age he came in with uh, Zion and John Morant that draft what was that two years ago yeah so I get that Trey Young's barely older than him mm-hmm but like you got to capitalize on these Clint Capella, John Collins, Trey Young years, who are all in their prime right now. For me, if I'm the Hawks, I'm looking to find someone who's in their prime and can fit with this team at the moment. And I think Karis LeVert fits in with what the Hawks are doing. He's someone who can score. He'll be another option. Imagine just like throwing LeVert, Trey Young. Herder, Bogdanovich, like all that scoring potential for Atlanta, I think that's so enticing. Yeah, I think, uh, to be honest, I think they're they're stacked. They have yeah. Bogdanovich, Gallinari, uh, Lou Williams, even even though he's not playing so much. Uh, they have Hunter, uh, Herter. Yeah. Uh, you know they they're stacked. If if they get if they're getting Levert, he's just gonna be another one. Of, of the same that they already have with a, a weaker defense. So, uh, hopefully that that would be great if we could uh, get get rid of Levert for someone like Cam Reddish and someone else, I guess, because his contract is uh, very very friendly. He's only four point six million dollars uh, per season, which right. uh, is a big difference with Levert. Huge difference. So Levert's making I. I... Uh, 17.5 million. So we're going to have to add in some contract filler from Atlanta, which I have DeLon Wright, who I actually like as a player. I think they'd be willing to move him if you can get a Karis LeVert. Yeah. But this move would include DeLon Wright, Cam Reddish. We'll bring back Solomon Hill to Indiana. Whoa. (laughs) Bring him on back. And then we'll get the 2022 first-round pick from Atlanta. And they can protect it. I'll just say top ten protected. Maybe maybe we can even do lottery protected. But my main goal with this trade would be get actually no, I'm not doing a lottery protection. What am I talking about? Let's say top ten protected because Karis Levert's a nice player. But we're gonna get Cam Reddish, who I really like as a player, and there's a ton of potential there size wise. Like he's he looks like an NBA player, plays good defense, and I think like if we give him opportunities to score, give him some more reps. Um, 
like there could be a ton of potential there. So I like him. I, I think DeLon Wright could come in, um, score for the Pacers quickly. He's not a long-term player for me. Um, and then Solomon Hill, like let's, let's just re-sign him. Let's get him in the next five years. Just lock him down as a Pacer for life. I'm totally playing. I don't, Let's let's give him ten million. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's my Cam Reddish trade. How do you feel about Cam Reddish? You you pretty high he's on him? De- he definitely got potential. Um, I'm just a bit concerned with uh, his his uh, very low percentage. You know, he's a high volume uh, shooter, but he's not very efficient. Uh, but he. Yeah, if if he was in in the right uh, with the right team, he yeah he could he could flourish with the Pacers. It's it's not very uh it's the upgrade is not very uh obvious to me from from Levert to Reddish. I'm like yeah you know kind of kind of the same 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 you know. Yeah, man, you're kind of low on uh, Karis Levert. I love it. I'm uh, I'm pretty low. Yeah, the the defense uh, is uh, detrimental to the team. I think he's way too selfish. He uh, his percent percentage are super down. They, he does he really shouldn't shoot the ball that much. He uh, you know if Carlisle was was extreme, he would force Levert to play point guard and strictly point guard and maybe shoot shoot like 10 times max a game and he really should just like do create you know like create off the dribble but pass the ball i think it's gonna be really hard to to uh make a a contender believe that levert is your option for you know to go get a uh you know to make a run at the title like who's 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 gonna believe this well, I think the Cavaliers would believe it, which leads me to our next trade. Mm. I don't think I don't know if the Cavaliers think they're a contender or if they have what it takes, but they're missing Colin Sexton right now. I mean, they they are, are they are they com- are they contending for the for the title though? Do, do you think they have? I'm I'm not sure how, how good they are right now. Yeah, I don't think they are. They might think they are, and that's what I'm going to try to sell them on here. So here's my trade. This is a three teamer. We are sending away. Demonis Sabonis, Levert, and Keelan Martin in this deal. So this is with the Trailblazers, Cavaliers. That sounds like Kevin Love. That sounds like Kevin Love's coming. Hey, you know what? Kevin Love is not <laughs> Kevin Love is not coming to the Pacers. I've made this mistake before, including Kevin Love on trades. And every time yeah, I look they, back on it, I think that was stupid. But that's the player that they're trying to get rid of. That's the contract that they're trying to get rid of. I disagree, and I'm going to bring up a guy that no one thinks about. That's Lori Markinen. God, who, they just signed him. Markinen is making $15.6 million over the next four years. He's not a bad player. Well, he might be, but he's shown signs this year that he's not a bad player. Um, so the Cavs would send Lori Markinen. We would send Karis Laverne and Keelan Martin to the Cavs. We'll also send Sabonis to the Trailblazers, who might fit with Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum better than a Yusuf Nurkic, who we're going to get back in this deal. We're going to get Portland second, and we're also going to get my guy who's on my wish list 
and Fernie Simons. This is the only way I could have made this work out, this deal. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that's that's the the sweetener. That is the sweetener. I want and Fernie Simons on this team. Yusuf Nurkic is a beast in the paint. That's game that's game uh the name added to the trade is game changer because I think Simmons uh this yeah, there's something to do with him. He he got he got high potential. What are some guys that you would love to see on the Pacers, maybe, or like young guys that you still have stock in? Yeah. So my my number one guy is uh Christian Wood. I think he has potential to be uh to be playing at a all star level, you know, like twenty points, ten rebound any any season, any game. Uh, I like his energy, uh, I like his three point shooting, I like his uh I like his style of play. Um that that would be one of the one of the top guys that I would I would try to get to that I would try to get. I like that. Um would you trade him for or would you trade Miles Turner for Wood straight up? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So my 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 trade uh I could I could trade Karis Levert, of course. Yeah. Uh, ideally that I would trade uh uh Karis Levert and Bitadze for Christian Wood and DJ Augustin. I'm DJ. I'm getting DJ Augustin back because uh, because his contract is uh, making it work. Because Christian Wood is super. Uh, he's on a super friendly deal, only 13 million. So I have to. I had to get someone to you know to complete. I think DJ Augustin, like you mentioned earlier, uh, he's totally not fitting with the timeline of that of that team. Obviously, he has nothing to do with this team. He's uh, under contract for another two years. That would that would help us upgrade our uh point guard bench uh on the bench you know uh for for the time that tj mcconnell is out that's much much better than uh wanamaker and uh yeah that's that's my deal i love dj augustine i'll do whatever it takes to get him back in indiana he's a very uh well-rounded uh, well-respected veteran across the league uh, uh we we have Who's your veteran right now? Justin Holiday. Yeah. Only. Re- I mean, really, yeah, yeah. That's it. And you know, well, an older guy will, uh, would help, I think. You know, the, this team, especially uh, at point guard. You know, it's. I think uh, everybody would feel more, much more comfortable being on the court with DJ Augustine uh, with the ball in his hands than Wanna Maker. You know. Yeah, no doubt. So I'm glad you said Justin Holiday's our veteran because that leads me to the next trade where we're going to get rid of Justin Holiday for young guys. Um, this is with the Celtics, Mavericks, and Pacers, and I've already mentioned this in the podcast. I'm a I'm a Hoosiers fan, and if you're a longtime listener, you know I'm an IU uh, basketball fan. But I I tend to really follow and love Indiana basketball players who are now in the league. Romeo Langford's one of them. And I really like what I've seen from him on the Celtics. He's not getting a ton of opportunity, but his defense is there. And he's, like I said, not getting a lot of opportunity, but like he's playing his role well when he gets an opportunity to play, which is rare. So I still think there's a ton of potential. The things I didn't like about him in college was he was always the best player on the floor, but never drove to the basket. Mm -hmm. I don't know if getting him with Rick Carlisle and the Pacers organization could help him change that because he'd get more opportunities i would imagine that's their first 
order of business if he comes into town. But the point is, I wanted Romeo Langford and I wanted some other young guys. And what we're going to do is we're going to make a three-team trade with the Boston Celtics, the Dallas Mavericks, and us, the Indiana Pacers. We're going to send... This is going to be tough, and this might have to be an off-season thing because of Brogdon. But we're going to send the Mavericks Malcolm Brogdon. This next one's tough. I hope you're ready. O'Shea Brissett and Justin Holiday. What? I know I know you love O'Shea Bro- Brissett. You, you want to send Brogdon, Brissett, and Justin Holiday to the Mavs? Yes. Okay. The Mavs are going to send Maxi Kleber to the Celtics. Help their um, big man rotation, maybe add another stretch for. I really like Maxi Kleber. I don't know how you feel about him. I can tell you don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, please keep on. <laughs> We're also going to send a second round pick this year via Miami to the Dallas Mavericks. Or I mean, sorry, to the Boston Celtics. To the Boston Celtics. So the Celtics are walking away from this deal with Maxi Kleber and a second round pick. Um, all the Celtics are doing, they're sending us Romeo Langford. So that's that's all that we're including oh, okay, yeah. from the Celtics. So it, it does make sense as far as I'm concerned for the Celtics. Um, but then we'll also get from the Mavericks, since we sent them Brogdon, Brissett, and Holiday. We're going to be getting back Jalen Brunson, Brunson, who I'm very high on, and could be that, um, well, I guess we're getting rid of Brogdon. So he'll, he'll be a point guard, probably a starter at this point. We're going to get Josh Green from the Mavericks. And... My boy, someone I've really liked for a long time, Dwight Powell from the Mavericks, which is tough because we still have Turner and Sabonis in this situation, but we're going to move them, or one of them at least, once we make this deal. And it's going to be clear that we're going to probably get rid of Sabonis in this instance. So that that would mean there's going to be another trade coming, but we'll get Dwight Powell in. Um, and we'll also get to de- help develop and see what they have in their game. In uh, Josh Green, Romeo Langford, and Jalen Brunson. What are your thoughts? I really hope that they don't do that trade. Because <laughs> <laughs> Josh Green, Dwight Powell, oh man, like, that would be so hard to watch the, the, the team. That would be probably the next season, would be probably the, the hardest year ever to be a Pacers fan. Um, uh, Br- Brunson, yeah, he can can help. I don't think the men want to. I think they want to get Turner. And I think they would too. So they're. That's just the deal I had. I mean, all they're getting rid of is well. I mean, not all. So yeah, maybe we add Turner in there and keep Brogdon, which would actually make more sense for us, huh? And would be possible. With, with this type of, of, of players, um, my problem is they're, they're not really um, gar- guaranteed to blow up. I don't think they, they haven't showed enough, I think, to, uh, to make me believe that uh, they, they have a higher potential than what they're, what, where they're already at. Um, yeah. uh, Cam Reddish has a higher potential, I think, but these 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 guys, um, I don't know. Well, see, you're you're not a believer. You're not a believer in Romeo Langford. I mean, man. if 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 we tank, then you know, there's there's only two ways for me. 
either you you know you you get rid of all these guys and you you trying to get a superstar or you getting rid of all these guys and you you just you get like a you know first round a top 10 first round draft pick or something you know like a, something that could be a really a game changer but you're not trying to be like in between where you know we we're gonna we're gonna hit that mediocrity like again you know there's there's no way we're gonna uh advance to a second round with with you know with these type of players that's why my my trades i was i was more trying to aim for uh yeah like i said a game a game changer well do you have another trade then yes which Let's leads hear. me to my second trade id um my guy brandon ingram you know last year um i was watching uh watching the, the pelicans and uh had this brief like um like uh, hallucination watching brandon ingram for a quick second i was like you know i was kind of far from the screen i was like who is who's this guy he he kind of moves and looks like reggie a little bit you know because he's skinny you know yeah. and so you know and then from from then uh, I, I i started seeing him like uh, a different type a different player I don't know. I had kind of a crush on him because he was playing. He he, you know, he was playing like my guy, like Reggie. So ever, ever since then, you know, I was I always think like, yeah, Brandon Ingram, you know, that that would be a guy that has a really high potential. You know, he's a he could he can. I'm not sure if he is already or not. He's definitely paid like one mm -hmm. superstar. He's a uh, 30 million a year for the next four years. So obviously the Pelicans are were trying to lock him up, but you know obviously he, you know, he's not a good fit. Even even by himself, uh, he can't do anything. Um, look at Paul George; he's by himself. Kawhi is out, but he's still you know he's still main you know making the the Clippers relevant. But look at the Pelicans; they're hitting rock bottom because just because Zion is out, but they still got you know Valanciunas, I think. Uh, you know, uh, you know Graham and Ingram and Alexander Winter. You know they kind of you know good decent young players. Uh, but and Brandon Ingram uh, apparently is not that guy for the team. So I would like to risk uh, getting Brandon Ingram and uh, Lewis Jr. from the Pelicans for Turner and Levert. Does the the salary cap matches up? Uh, yeah, th this trade is successful. Oh, sweet, man. Okay, so that would leave us with um, Sabonis playing the five, which is a dream. And Brandon Ingram, I guess, could slide into the three or four. Yeah. And that's honestly how the new NBA is going anyway. So that I think that works for me. Brandon Ingram is an all-star. Um, and they're getting guys who fit around Zion Williamson better than Ingram, too. So exactly yeah i like well, that a lot man huh oh uh, and we get it we're getting this uh young player lewis oh kyra lewis kyra okay yeah that so okay now you're speaking to me you're getting the young guy in we can build him up yeah see what young, he has. You know, young guy point guard because you know like i said I'm, I'm really uh i think we we have a problem with the point guard position Especially now with McConnell out, so we we definitely need uh, in any trade we need some kind of young point guard back. That's why when you started talking about the Celtics, I was like, okay, he's gonna 
he's going to get Pritchard. That would be that would be kind of interesting to me. To me. Really? He's got, he's got a lot of potential. He's just so little, man. I was watching him play the Lakers the other night, and he's fearless, which I love, but he's just so small. I just Yeah, he's too small for me. I mean, I, I just feel like I, if I have a point guard on my team, I want it to be bigger. Okay, I love that trade. Uh, I have a few more. or I, I'll do one more probably, but I don't want to take away time from your trades if you have any more. Oh uh, no! Uh, I mean, keep keep going. Awesome. Okay, so I had this one. I can't remember if I read it in the last podcast, but I wanted to hear your reaction if I did. And it is the Kevin Love trade. I think I had a Kevin Love trade in the last one. This might just be a secondary one that probably won't happen. But I, as a Pacers fan, would love if this happened. So this is a four teamer. Are you ready? We got Warriors, Pacers, Hornets, and Cavaliers in this trade. The Pacers, we're going to send off our almost entire core in Sabonis to the Warriors, Turner to the Hornets, and Levert and Holiday to the Cavaliers. The Cavaliers are also going to pick up Mason Plumley from the Hornets, who I tend to think is a better player than most people would think. Um, I'm pretty high on Mason Plumley. He, he definitely is, but I don't want him. Yeah, I don't want him either. He's going to the Cavs. Okay. He's a poor, very poor man, a poor man's uh, Nikola Jokic, I think. He's a little way more sloppy than Jokic and obviously not as good of a offensive player. But I think he makes those passes that you look back, you have to rewatch because you have no idea how he did it. I'm probably the only person who's ever talked this high about Mason Plumlee, but this is how I feel. He 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 is a very talented uh, passer for for a center, especially. Okay, so since the Warriors are getting Sabonis, and I even looking at this right now, I can't imagine they would ever do this. <laughs> They're gonna give us. Uh huh. You got to think right now. The Warriors have two more years, probably, if that, with this core of. Curry, um, Draymond Green, and Klay Thompson. Plus, Bealitz is looking good. Andrew Wiggins is looking good. We're gonna we're gonna let the Warriors keep those guys, okay? But we're gonna get all their young guys. We're taking them all. Jordan Poole. Nope they they're keeping Jordan Poole too, okay? Oh man, no! I know we have different. We're giving away some bonus, man. Come well, on. Hang on, hang on. We're getting there, okay? So we're getting James Wiseman. Hmm who we haven't really seen be good yet, but who knows? This this could be his opportunity. Smaller, like less media coverage, can really just work on his game. He has all that potential, obviously. Former... Um, I mean, num- number one draft pick. Yeah, or yeah, number one overall pick. So we'll get James Wiseman. They're going to give us Jonathan Kaminga, who they love. But if you want Sabonis, you got to give us Kaminga. And then we're also going to take Moses Moody, who I love. So they're giving us all three of their young guys. They're three first-round picks from the past two years. The Hornets are going to give us Kai Jones and James Booknight for Miles Turner. <laughs> and then the Cavaliers, and I didn't do this for you because you asked, but I, I, I had this written down. I said I wasn't going to do this, but I ended up doing it anyways. I have Kevin Love and their 2022 first-round pick coming from the Cavaliers. So we walk away from this without Sabonis, Turner, Levert, or Holiday. But we get Wiseman, Kaminga, Moody, Kai Jones, James Booknight, 
Kevin Love and the Cavs' first overall pick this year? Um, it's impossible to judge this trade uh, right now or even tomorrow. I think the effect of that trade will be, you know, you can see on like the, on long, long this long-term investment uh, with all these, all these new uh, young guys, but it could definitely pay uh, in two, three years because uh, obviously Wiseman has a lot of potential, but the other ones too. Yeah. The way I look at it is, is there a chance one of these guys that we get become a superstar because we aren't sending away any superstars. So if Jonathan Kaminga becomes like a top 10 player in the league, I would much rather have that than, you know, like a all-star player that we get back. That's like already an all-star right now. Like I'd love someone who can be one of those top 10 guys. Cause you need that. If you're going to win the championship in the NBA. Yeah. So maybe one of these guys could be that. I also don't think any of these teams would make this trade other than the Cavaliers. So that's where I'm kind of sitting on this. Maybe the Hornets would want Miles Turner because they think they can compete. That's where I, that's my third trade right now, right oh, there. Let's hear it. The Hornets. Yep. It's so we are sending Miles Turner and Caris Levert for Hayward. Which uh, I'm not a big fan of, but the, the franchise has been trying to to get him for years. He would he would you know he would help with the crowd attendance, and he he is an obvious target for uh, Kevin Pritchard and Co. Apparently, so we're getting Hayward and uh, my guy PJ Washington. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. That's that's not a bad trade. So you said Miles Turner and Levert? Yeah. Okay, so the Hornets' go-to guy at the end of games is Hayward. They would probably need a Levert back if they're going to make this trade because they need that score at the end of the game. And I love PJ Washington too. That's that's a really interesting one. Because they, you know, PJ Washington has only been playing 15 games for the Hornets this the this uh this season. Uh, only three games start uh, started, so he's he's playing off the pen off the bench. He's playing really good actually, but uh, as a bench player, he's only that's his own, only his third season. So still a lot of potential. Um, yeah, I didn't know Hayward was their was their go to go to guy. That's that's a problem. I mean, they have Ball, they have Rozier, they have Ubre, plus Levert. Plus Levert, yeah. So Levert, I think, could slide into that Hayward role for them. And just, yeah. So I think that fits for the Hornets. They're replacing Hayward with Levert, but then also gaining Miles Turner for a young piece. Yeah, exactly. A young piece that they, you know, they were good before he came back. He came back, to, you know, obviously they're good with him as well, but he's not uh, very crucial to the team. If they add Turner to that team, that's clearly an upgrade if they want to, uh, you know, take a chance at the ring this year, that's clearly an upgrade for them. Yeah, I think this trade works, and I think this one could actually happen. I, w- I would much rather get younger guys than a Gordon Hayward, but I do believe the Pacers, like you said, are very high on Gordon Hayward, um, especially with his ties to the area. It would be hard to get rid of Turner for um, an older guy. That that would be in the case where we would be very high on Washington as well yeah. because I I am personally 
pretty high on that guy. I think he he's pretty modern type of player. He's he's a power forward, so he, we could com- combine him with Sabonis, which, by the way, I really don't want to trade. I want uh, I want to keep Sabonis as my center. I'm I'm ready to part with Turner and Levert and maybe other pieces as well, but I want to keep Sabonis. I mean, look at look at him. Last season was you know 22 points and 12 rebounds and six assists. Like, there's only two players in the two or three players in the league able to to be average averaging this these kind of numbers. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, I he, mean, and yes, he has. Yes, he's not a, a great uh, three-point three-point shooter, but he's he he does other things very well. Yeah, and we don't necessarily need him to be a three-point shooter if we can move him to the five. So that's why that's why I'll, I'll be looking to to have a, 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 an option at number four that's not too uh, greedy with the points. You know, I don't want a power four that come in and he needs to. I mean. I just mentioned Wood as well, like before, who who would be like uh, one of our number one options. Uh, PJ Washington's totally different uh, profile. I think he's more fitting with the the, the Pacers, actually. Dude, I'm I'm in, man. Let's go. Let's move Sabonis <laughs> to the five. As far as the, the 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 salaries, it's almost equal. It's like thir- you know, thirty five million and thirty four million. So this trade is also successful on trade machine. So yeah, that'll be like kind of a fantasy, but yeah. That one's I think that's the most realistic one out of all the ones we've said today. Um and if we end up with Gordon Hayward before the end of the season, I would not be surprised at all. My last trade would be uh sending Miles Turner to the Raptors for OG Anunobi and Ma- uh, Malachi Flynn. I believe you love Malachi Flynn, right? Yeah, I love I love him. Okay, and I love OG Ananobi, and we're both down to move Turner for someone. So this makes sense for us, right? I uh, I think so. That's in the case where you know we also we we make another trade and get getting rid of Levert or you know. So the the hope here with the Raptors would be that they see Miles Turner as a centerpiece going forward. It seems like they they are trying different things at their center position. You know, they have they have Boucher, they have Achiuwa. They you know they're trying different things and not and nothing really works. I think uh, Miles Turner would fit their style of play, uh, giving them a three another three point option and some some block shots. I think that's that's exactly what they need. Yeah, no doubt. And he's a long defender. I mean, he just fits. That's what the Raptors want, you know, long defenders that can shoot. So, I mean, that's their philosophy. I'm not sure if we're ready to help any team in the, in the central division, let alone the Eastern conference. But, you know, uh, yeah, this, this would be a cool option. I think a cool uh, option for us, I think. Oh, John Anobi at the four with Sabonis at the five sounds great to me. Yeah, and uh, like I said before, we're getting another point guard in uh, Malachi Flynn. I think he has a uh, he has very high potential. I have to say, I think you have the more realistic trades, um, and it's different philosophies clearly from both of us. Where I'm trying to just get the young guys who could be something, and you see this as an opportunity to go get a proven player like former All Star Brandon Ingram, former All Star Gordon Hayward. Ojan Anobi, who 
a lot of the league is high on I think, anyways. You know, Hayward, you, you could see him as a former all-star, you know, a big name. But if you are in a Hornets position, you see him as a really high, uh, really heavy contract for the next three years. Are, are you sure you want to invest $30 million for the next three years in Hayward, knowing that you, Bridges just blew up and Ball also just blew up? Like, that's a lot of money to be spending on someone who has, who's been having uh, healthy shoes. Yeah, right now he's playing good, but, you know, for the next three years, that's a huge risk and a lot of money. They proved that they are building around guys right now in ball and Miles Bridges because they just got rid of Devontae Graham, who's a good player. And mm-hmm. I, I'm guessing that Hayward could be next. I mean, they basically got him for free from the Celtics um, in a sign and trade. They got other options to to score and, and re- you know, they have Rozier, which is a very uh, de- dependable uh, scorer. And even in crunch time, even in the playoffs, he, he's been proven that in the past. And they have Ubre as well, who's uh, who can have uh, some games sometimes. So, getting rid of Hayward is not is not such a such a a big thing for the Hornets. I think. Yeah, like I was saying, I mean, our philosophies are different. I don't know how the Pacers are thinking of this trade deadline. Um, I I believe that they probably lean more towards the way you're thinking of getting those guys who are proven but that fit the team that we have left after the trade better. And um, the way that I would love for them to think is my way. I just, I don't see the Pacers fully leaning my way as they are your way. So um, we'll see, man. We'll see if anything even happens. We've been told there are going to be trades happening before and nothing happens. So uh, hopefully we can get some excitement for this fan base right now, which in a year that has been a, a tough year to be a Pacers fan would be fun. So um, I, I I think we can, I think we at least have started the ball or at least started rolling the ball in the direction of the Pacers being fixed. And hopefully Pritchard and Buchanan are listening because um, I don't, I, I think we have all the answers, you know? Uh, like you said, two different philosophies. So we, at least we give them, you know, two two ways to go. Uh, I think we both got uh, some some good points and brought some interesting ideas. Uh, yeah, hopefully the franchise is gonna listen to uh, <laughs> to the podcast and get yeah. some inspiration from these trades. Yeah, uh, and I'm gonna title this one just a heads up something along the lines of "Can Honra fix the Pacers?" Question mark Question mark. So it's gonna be totally clickbait. Man, we're going to have to do this again because this has been a blast talking to someone who has had success outside of basketball in a ton of ways, especially music. And if you haven't listened to Honor yet, go check him out on Spotify or wherever you listen to music. I, I really do appreciate it, and we'll have to do this again sometime. Hi, man. It was a pleasure. You want me, Joel Embiid? Come get it, because I'm going to give it to you. Are you kidding me? Sabonis brought it to him.